I think people just obviously think I'm lying. To today's podcast episode. Today I have a guest joining me and today's guest is going to be asking me some uncomfortable questions I'm assuming because the questions that she is asking are on behalf of anonymous contributors and as we know when people can kind of hide behind being anonymous they don't hold back. You can vouch for that right? Yes absolutely. So I know a few of the questions that I'm going to be asked because my lovely podcast manager sends me screenshots of them. So I guess maybe for those of you who don't know, on Instagram, you can add a link to your stories to allow people to submit a question anonymously. And then someone can go and I don't even know because I've never actually been on the other yeah, side of how to check. Does, yeah. Is it an app or is it via email? No, it's an app and they just come through like a typical direct message when people send them through. Do you ever But yeah, find... I've always had it on my phone. <laughs> yeah, okay, because I, I don't know why. I thought that they might have come through via email or you had to log into a website, but you did send me some screenshots of some that were pretty inoffensive that I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool. And we've since had a chat because I said to you, I, I know, like I can – make the presumption about what people would say about me, say to me when they think that it's anonymous and all of those things. And I'm going to guess that these are the three topics that people, you know, ragged on me about. And you were like, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so we're just <laughs> going to go yes. for it. <laughs> we're going to go for it because, like, why not, right? You know, I am, I'm aware enough that people, you know, project their stuff onto me, but I'm also aware enough that people take little bits of information and fill it in and create their own story and create their own assumptions or presumptions. And that's just part of the nature of the beast, I guess, of social media. So as I've said to you, like, let's talk about it. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you get those notifications, are you ever shocked? Not anymore. I used to be um, because there used to be nice messages as well as awful ones, whereas now – and. Then actually, to be fair, they're not all awful, but it's mostly awful. And I was showing them to my husband and even some of them, he's like, 
oh, you could interpret that as not being awful. I'm like, no, no, it's awful. It's anonymous. It's awful. If they wanted to say something nice, they would have DM'd her. These don't have good intentions. These aren't kind. These aren't concerning, like, or concerned for you. These are just awful people that are like, fuck yeah, I can be anonymous and spew some hatred. Which is so interesting to me and it's actually on my list of things I want to explore. Like I'd love to get a psychologist or some sort of behavioural expert on the podcast in regards to hate following because it's Mm. such an interesting thing and like I'm a human being, I become curious about people, I sometimes roll my eyes at people on the internet but I would just never go that step further to be like, and I hate you and you're the worst person alive and I'm going to make sure you know it. Absolutely. There was a set of messages that came through rapidly, all from the same person, obviously. Someone was having a fit. Yeah. And it was interesting because like you said, at one point I would have been like so offended or so upset, you know, and so mad on your behalf of like, wow, this person has so misunderstood you. Whereas now that was the one thing I said to you of, well, this person's messages are clearly nothing about you. This is them. This is their own problem. They are having their own little life meltdown because to say these sorts of things to another human is disgusting. And it's always so frustrating to see the little snippets people will take and then twist it into, oh, well, so this obviously means this in Kylie's life. And to know you behind the scenes and go, how the fuck? did you get that out of that? Because that is not the truth. That's not even close to the truth. But like, okay, that's what you want to think. Think it, but doesn't make it right. Doesn't mean you're some detective sleuth who's solved the riddle. You're just crazy. (laughs) And like I've said to you before, I feel so irrelevant that I can't imagine strangers spending time one thinking about those things, like being like, oh, and this means that, and that means that. Like, I just feel so unimportant and insignificant, and I don't understand why anyone would take the time to do those things. Um, Or, like, yeah, I guess I just, even though I know, right, like, because I have that experience with people that I follow online, they will occupy a part of my brain that I can't even explain, and I'll remember stuff about them Mm. that is, like, so useless and so not important and doesn't serve me but it will just stay in my brain and I have that real like cognitive dissonance in understanding that other people might feel that way about me and it's only when I might get a direct message from someone who will say oh my gosh I remember that you shared this piece of clothing six years ago or whatever it is and it's like oh yeah like I forget that I'm yeah I I can live in that weird part of someone's brain as well and sometimes it's in a good way and sometimes it's like, I don't know, as a punching bag, I guess. Yeah, because some of these it's so clearly not about you in any way and just to to take the time to send these messages and especially when you always put the disclaimer on that you don't see them. They come to me and there are messages that I'm never going to share with you and there are topics that I know that you have boundaries about of wanting to know you know loose details but not wanting to actually hear the sentence someone has typed out so most of these things aren't even getting to you that's the stupid part that how people haven't learned that this is your system this has been our system for years that I get the messages it's not Kylie you take the hit and I think people just obviously think I'm lying 
<laughs> it's like someone yeah, said, ha, 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 you have a podcast manager. And I even said to you, are there other ways to interpret that message? Because yeah, what my, could that mean? Yeah. My interpretation is, ha, ha, you silly little witch. You don't need a podcast manager. Like, like that was like. Yeah, because if it if it didn't have the ha-ha at the start, then it could be so much more ambiguous of the fact that you even have a podcast manager. That would be so much more, um, you know, fluid to interpretation, I guess, whereas the ha-ha at the start just instantly makes it seem hostile, like they're mocking you. So joke's and, on you, yes. And, <laughs> and even if you pull at that thread, right, like ha-ha, the fact that you have a podcast manager my interpretation, as I said, is like, oh, that person thinks that I don't need one. That person must then think that I don't actually work in the podcast or that the podcast doesn't make me money. That person then must think that I make money some other way. And then it just leads me down this whole like, oh, that's right. I remember for a while there there were presumptions coming in or assumptions coming in saying, oh, you live off child support or whatever it is. And it's like, mm. no never received any like and it's just so yeah. you keep pulling the thread and so much of it ends up being internalized misogyny of like oh that woman is not worth that and it's mm. so uncomfortable because we should know better now like we should know better to than that like rather than focusing on this internalized misogynistic feeling that pops up it's like no no why wouldn't that woman have a manager for the podcast that is her main income yeah I, people just I don't think are happy to accept the fact that you can make money in these alternate ways and I know for some people there's just not a possibility to do this but for you it has been possible this is the main income but people are just so resistant to believing that I don't know why whether it's because tall poppy syndrome they just don't want to you know, it, whether it's just from a place of jealousy, I don't know, but to be so set that, no, no, you're lying, your podcast is nothing special, but, well, actually, it, it kind of is, but you think whatever you want to think. I guess it comes back to, like, thinking that what we deem as worthy as an individual is gospel. So it's not going to be worthy to a lot of people. But to other people, mm. it might provide some sort of value. And whether that value is like it's just like a light relief that you have on in the background and you listen along and you feel a little less lonely or maybe it's something an expert has said that, you know, sticks with you and changes the way you think or feel. But it's like this strange sense of entitlement that strangers on the internet seem to have where it's like, no, no, I deem that unworthy, so therefore it is. And it's like mm. what a lack of awareness and understanding yeah yeah even comments of you know I've never even listened to a podcast episode so it can't be that big I was like <laughs> okay well are you the only person in the world because there are hundreds of thousands of other people who tune in every month like I don't know why you think just because you don't listen that that reflects the rest of the world but like you said, that's their belief. They don't listen to it. How could you possibly get paid if they've never even listened to an episode? And it's, it's funny, right, because it's this weird dichotomy of like that lack of awareness, but then there's this part of me that's like, oh, I get it, because as I have said mm. countless times already in this episode, I personally don't feel important enough to occupy space in people's brains or to be someone mm. that a stranger would hate. And then it's like, well, yeah, it's fair. 
like fair if you think that the podcast isn't worth it. But anyway, that's like just a whole thread yeah. that we could keep Go pulling and pulling and we'll, and we'll get nowhere. So why don't you hit me with one of the questions or one of the vibes? Sure. I'm going to read them exactly as they're written. Oh, not the mean ones. I could, no, 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 not the mean ones. No. <laughs> I could never date a man with that much tattoos. How do you adjust it? <laughs> I love Whoa. that you said. I love that you said I'm going to read it exactly as it's typed because, like, the snarky bitch in me wants to reply and be like, well, I could never date someone that spoke like that or that typed like that. Yeah. But that's obviously a very immature response. Um, I think it's an interesting question slash comment. So the basis of it is I could never date someone that's covered in tattoos and how did you adjust to it? And, well, don't, you know, like don't date someone that is covered in tattoos if you don't want to. If you know that's not your type, then great. You've just, you know, siphoned through a whole heap of people. It's interesting though because when I think about it a little bit more I do understand because people do get judged for having tattoos Mm. and I see it firsthand there are places that Brendan cannot go like there are restaurants that he's venues that he's not allowed in because he has tattoos and I find that like egregious and so bizarre that there can be policies for venues where they say no you can't come in because you have tattoos And my understanding of it, and it's pretty limited, but my understanding of it is that it's to do with like bikies and affiliation. Mm. And I find that strange because sure, if Brendan walks past you, you see a man who's covered in tattoos and we all have like judgments. Who doesn't? I'm the same. Like a man Mm. will walk past me now that's got face tattoos and you have that, like, you know, you look twice and you might have to, notice what feeling comes up for you and talk to whatever judgment pops up in you I think because there's so many portrayals of baddies having tattoos Mm. you know it's like the prison thing is to have a tattoo on your face and all of that stuff so I'm not living in a vacuum where I think that people are insane for noticing or having some sort of internal reaction but when you see Brendan yes I imagine most people first of all see his tattoos But when you look closer, all of his tattoos are definitely not affiliated with anything nefarious. He's got his whole, I think it's his left arm is covered in flowers that he did himself. So he tattooed his whole left arm, his right arm. He has a whole bunch of different things. Like there's times when he'll lift his arm up and I'll be like, oh, I forgot that you had that. Like I just don't see it anymore. But I guess what I'm getting at is, at first glance, it might be like, whoa, he's covered in tattoos. That must be a bad man um, or whatever. But when you look further, there's flowers. He's got an Alice in Wonderland leg. He's got silly tattoos, but none of them are scary or threatening or mm. have any meaning other than the fact that he likes that art. And I think it would be interesting perhaps to share, Brendan has a birthmark on one of his arms from his forearm all the way up over his shoulder. And as a child, he was teased mercilessly about this birthmark. And so as he got older and being someone who is really creative and 
also likes pain mm. to an extent, which yeah. you know, that's a whole childhood trauma thing. He lent into tattoos. And I guess when you understand that someone was bullied for this birthmark, it makes sense why as they've got as they get older, they camouflage it and create this armor. It's almost like, mm. you know, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna create this, yeah, this tough exterior, this tough armor. But it's not because he wants to create a tough man persona or intimidate anyone. And I think that there is a misconception. You know, we even Mm. had a lady on an aircraft one time who was all annoyed because the kids um, didn't have their headphones plugged in properly. And anyway, she turned around and she was popping off at the kids, which was strange. And Brendan said, hey, like leant forward and kind of just said like they're with us we'll sort it out type of thing and she said oh you think you're a big man because you're covered in tattoos you think you can intimidate me and it's like no he's literally talking to you respectful like so people have all of these assumptions and misconceptions and yeah I think that it's really what's the word um it's a real shame if people don't interrogate those assumptions and give people the benefit of the doubt and just think like, oh, maybe there's a different story as to why that person has those tattoos. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, if that's a boundary for someone of I, I don't like tattoos. I don't think we should be marking the bodies God gave us. Like, great. That's for you to share. Like, that's for you to live. Like, that's not really a comment you need to then pass on to someone who is with someone who is covered in tattoos. Of like, great. Thanks for sharing. What do you want me to do with that? Get rid of Brendan to suit your needs. Like, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Brendan. Bill says you got to go. The stranger. Um, I guess the other thing to mention when it comes to tattoos is my whole childhood. My dad always said it's the ones that look the toughest that are the nicest, and I don't know whether that's actually mm-hmm. the best advice. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, my uncle rode rode a motorbike. I've heard my mum say, oh, like Uncle Gary was a bikey. I don't actually know if he was a bikey or whether that's just like a generalisation of he wore leather and had a beard and had tattoos and a motorbike. But um, tattoos have never scared me or intimidated Mm. me. And when I was 18 or so, there was a reality show with Travis Barker called Meet the Barkers. And I like in the way that a teenager does, right? Like we see ourselves in the people that we idolize. And I just thought that him and his partner, Shana or Shanna, like had the coolest lives. And I did think like, oh, tattoos are really attractive. And I remember being out in the valley one night and I met this guy covered in tattoos, like way more than Brendan. Like this guy had the palms of his hands tattooed, the soles of his feet, feet (laughs) good language Carly the soles of his feet the inside of his lip like 
everything yeah. on this man, the inside of his, like his ears, everything was tattooed and I was enamoured by him. Like in my mind he was like this stunning work of art. You know, he, he came home, he met my parents, all of these things. And so like because it's never been a massive deal to me growing up to have tattoos, I guess there hasn't been a need to adjust as this question was yeah. born. Yeah, yeah. How do you manage finances in a blended family dynamic? I feel like I've spoken about this in a podcast or Brendan and I have addressed this. I mm-hmm. have a very clear boundary that I don't want anyone else, any partner, like Brendan obviously, to be financially responsible for my kids. I don't like the idea of being in debt to anyone or any potential resentment bubbling up. And out of the two of us, I definitely draw more of a line in the sand there. So. I mean, I don't know how in the weeds to get, but in terms of rent, I pay a higher portion of rent because I insist upon that because if I didn't, that would worry me. And I guess I'm very big on fair fairness in a relationship and equality. And the reason that I pay a larger percentage of the rent is because if it wasn't for the kids and I, Brendan wouldn't live in this area. And it is a more expensive area. And yeah. that's because that's the choice that I made, you know, however many moons ago and this is where they go to school and we have to have a house that can have a bedroom for them each. And, you know, all of these things add up for me to go, no, this is the portion of the rent that I want to pay and what would you be paying if you were living alone? Then that's what he pays um and it's the same with bills you know like I pay a higher portion of the bills because I think of it like I'm responsible for three of the people that are using the water and three of the people that are doing all of the other things we don't get into like splitting the hairs of being like this is the exact percentage we both contribute to a joint account that all of our bills and stuff come out of but I contribute more to that account for those reasons So it might look like a larger amount that I contribute, but that's just because I'm factoring in the kids. In saying that, Brendan is incredibly generous and is the first person to be like, oh, I've booked a night away and he pays for the accommodation for all of us or he'll pay for dinner when we go out. Like he is incredibly generous you know he comes home from being at the shops and he's bought the kids each a pair of Vans shoes which are like $100 shoes that I wouldn't necessarily be buying them at this point like he's so good and so generous to those kids and I'm so grateful for that but there's never a level of expectation from me to cover the kids so blending finances I think when you have like even when you're just individuals, I think is tricky because if someone earns more, that needs to be taken yeah. into consideration. Um, I don't think it's ever really like an exact 50-50 right down the middle. I think there's always going to be some kind of corrections that happen. Yeah, and circumstances where one of you's working, one of you's not. One like, I think it would be important to note that, like you said, Brendan's so generous this isn't the rule of like, oh, if you were off work, you would still somehow have to come up with all the, I mean, obviously the 
podcast earns its income anyway, but he wouldn't leave you of like, no, no, I'm not covering that. That's the boys' bills, you know. Like yes. this might be the boundary of how it works for the most part, but I just thought I'd say that for, so people don't twist that of, oh, yeah, I knew Brendan wasn't stepping up. I knew Brendan wasn't oh, trying God. hard enough. And, and it's like, yeah. No, and to be so clear, that is me enforcing that boundary. Yeah. That's like yeah. Brendan is literally like has he's he's very much like whatever you whatever you say goes in that department I guess um and he has he's always said like 50 50 rent 50 50 anything not that we really talk about 50 50 anything like if we go out for dinner it's never oh let's split it or I pay three quarters of the bill (laughs) one thing that I really uh, I really like about our dynamic is that we are both generous and we also both believe that everything comes out in the wash so he'll get dinner one time I'll get it the next time it's like oh no you paid for that um all of that sort of stuff and like we do our grocery shop together and I guess that kind of is a bit like it comes out in the wash because Brendan eats so much food that it probably is equal to the amount of food that the kids and I eat (laughs) um you know and so there's all these little things but like he has a Red Bull habit that like we don't put Red Bulls through the grocery shop because they're so expensive. Like there's all these little things that it's like we don't even really discuss. It's just kind of like unspoken. But A comfortable flow. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the things like as I've gotten older and one of the benefits I think of having a quote-unquote failed marriage is you do learn about yourself and what causes you to feel resentful or what causes other people to feel resentful. And I'm very mindful of those little things that can add up to make someone feel, yeah, like that sense of resentment that can grow. And, yeah, that slowly creeps in over time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But like if the kids have a school excursion and like or tuck shop or whatever it is, I never have cash on me. God, I, I lose everything. You know, Brendan will always be like, oh, here's a $20 note. And I don't write it down and go, oh, I've got to pay him back. Like it's, yeah, yeah, it just, it does just flow in that way. Yeah. I like that. Um, how does it feel given that you and Brendan have both been previously married? How does what feel? I know. Like I guess just the general vibe of being in a relationship with someone that has a history. Yeah. And, you know, does it, I don't know, how how does it feel on your perspective that, you know, with your history as well? I don't know. Yeah, I guess this question lacks a bit of context. And if it was yeah, more specific, it I... Style, but it, it, it seems just very curious, but it's like I don't quite get the parts you want answered of this. I imagine perhaps someone might ask this question if they themselves think that they would really struggle to be with someone who had taken the vow of marriage before with someone else and perhaps end up feeling like, oh, it's not special if we do this because you've been there and done that. Yeah, you've already done that with someone else, yeah. Yeah, and I guess, you know, in a way I almost think that's quite a juvenile way to think about relationships you know I think that when you know I'll speak for myself like in my teens or my early 20s 
I might think like, oh, you've been there with your girlfriend, so I don't want to go there. Or, you know what I mean? Like that sort of like immature thing. But as you get older, it's like, oh, no, everyone has a history and you learn to take the history for just understanding it's part of that person's fabric and that person wouldn't be Mm -hmm. that person if they didn't have that experience. And in a way I tend to, yeah, I guess like – in a way, I tend to think that someone going through a divorce can actually be a huge gift to the next partner. And what I mean by that is when you go through a separation, a divorce, a marriage breakdown, if you use it as a tool and a vehicle for self-growth, self-awareness, self-actualization in a way, I guess, it makes you so much better in your next relationship because mm. you you are aware of your own shortcomings. You're aware of what a relationship takes to work or where things go wrong or what you really want. And going through a divorce is so challenging in so many ways that if you go through that, you are quite strong. And I think you're less likely to then settle for something else because you've already faced the fear of being alone. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. And I think it answers the question of if you if you had such strong feelings of, oh, I couldn't ever be with somebody who's been divorced like I have been, then you wouldn't be, again, be like the tattoo thing. That would have been a boundary for you of like, no, I have to have someone who's fresh, who's never had any experience before. I want someone who's not done any of it. And so you wouldn't be with someone who had a history like every human anyway. So if it was something that was so triggering for you of like, no, I couldn't ever be with someone who'd been married, then you wouldn't be dating people who had been divorced. But that's clearly not the case for you. You come at it with a different perspective. So it works, you know, like it. Yeah. yeah. I also think sometimes when it comes to dating, you can have all of these rules in your mind, like, oh, I'd never date someone mm, with yeah. tattoos. I'd never date someone with kids. I'd never date someone who's been married. But they have then to you... be six foot. Yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. But then you meet someone who changes your perception and it's like, oh, because this person is my person, those things just start to fade away. And I've had Mm. countless conversations like this with girlfriends where it's like they'll be dating someone and then it's like, you know what, I'm really bothered that this person has, you know, whatever it is. And it's like you're only bothered by that because that person's not your person. You know, if if the positive outweighed those things, you'd be more focused on the positive side of things. I mean, if I like really sit down and I think about Brendan being married to someone else, I don't feel anything like I don't feel Mm. like there's no part of me that's like oh my gosh I cannot believe like I just can't believe that he could love someone else well of course he can like because Mm. I have a deep belief that we can be happy with a multitude like with we can be happy with different people there's not just one perfect person and Mm. I think people come into our lives for a reason and sometimes it runs its course and I mean I'm glad that Brendan gets this version of me and I'm glad that I'm getting this version of him I don't know if I would have liked 
25-year-old Brendan. I don't know if he would have liked 25-year-old me. So it's not something I spend a great deal of time thinking about, to be honest. Mm. I imagine as someone, like, and I can't speak to being a step-parent, but I imagine if I was in Brendan's shoes, it would probably be harder, like seeing kids Mm. every day that, you know, maybe look like the ex-partner or there's challenges there perhaps I think that would be more difficult than knowing that the other person's yeah. been married before because it's like yeah. a living, breathing reminder all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I think the same. Um, next question. Yeah. I'm just jumping in to wrap this portion of our conversation. I loved having someone else join me for the recording to bounce thoughts off and it just felt so much more natural, I guess. And that's probably why I was so much more inclined to open up even further in the next portion of our conversation. We really do go there. I answer, you know, comments and questions surrounding body image, eating disorders, OnlyFans, content creation, that sort of thing. It's all covered in the next installment. So to make sure you don't miss out on that one, be sure to be following the podcast. So following the podcast doesn't mean that you are subscribing or paying any money. It simply just means that if you click follow on the podcast, you will receive notifications and updates when new episodes drop if you have your notifications turned on. And if you don't, if you are Zen and you do not get notifications on your phone, at least you know the episode will be there waiting for you in your podcast library when you're ready for it. So the next installment will be live really soon, but to be sure you don't miss out, make sure you are following the podcast. Take care. If you enjoyed this style of episode, please do let me know. You can always slide into my DMs. Thank you so much for listening. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.